With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. December 27th, 2016, and welcome to episode 268 of the Mothership Broadcast of the WWUS Radio Network, right here on TalkShoe.com. It is the one and the only WWUS Revolution. Of course, two days off from the big Christmas season, and I hope you had a very Merry Christmas there. Of course, all of our folks in the Radio Network, I'm sure, uh, did so as well. I'm, of course, once again, Mr. WWUS Chad Hinshaw back on the line here with you. And, of course, tonight we go back to our, our big-time routine of talking about wrestling. Wrestling, and yes, did I say wrestling? Yes, I did. I said wrestling. Of course, tonight we'll have your, your wrestling news and views of the night, uh, provided by, of course, uh, our news tag team, King Ice, which right now will be represented by the Iceman himself, J.D. Jared DiGiromo. J.D., of course, is a 2015 WWUS Hall of Famer. And also, he is a part of, of course, WWS Raw Radio, which you can hear uh, every Monday afternoon from 3 to 5, uh, right here on TalkShoe.com, as well as, of course, all the other shows here in the radio network. <clears throat> and, of course, Raw Radio, once again, will be, pre, will be of course, uh, on hiatus next uh, Monday afternoon uh, for the new year. Uh, so it will be returned on January the 9th to start off the new year of big-time wrestling discussion. And, of course, thoughts and opinions on WWE Monday Night Raw. And also join us here to bring us to wrestling history and birthdays here tonight will, of course, be the human suplex machine, John Gross. Of course, John is his first 2016 WWS Hall of Famer, as well as, of course, <clears throat> uh, part of the Raw Radio broadcast team as well. Uh, first off, let's bring J.D. and John in. 
to episode 268 of Revolution. Uh, gentlemen, welcome to the Mothership Broadcast Revolution. Good to be here, and hope everyone had a great Christmas, however. Absolutely, and of course, like I said, ladies and gentlemen, in addition to our wrestling news and views and our history and birthdays tonight, uh, <clears throat> of course, we'll be running down our thoughts and opinions on last night's Monday Night Raw uh, broadcast. Uh, <clears throat> of course, we'll also get some more details on, of course, since we did not have a Raw radio here uh, yesterday, but of course, we'll definitely give your thought, get, get, our, get our take on what took place. Uh, of course, with the Royal Rumble, you know, coming in here pretty soon, uh, we'll be, uh, of course, uh, <clears throat> bringing you every single little bit here leading up towards that big day. Um, and, of course, if you want to join us and uh, talk about everything here, including, of course, who knows, we might have a few more wrestling trivia questions here tonight. We're not sure about that yet, but we may. You never know what we'll have here on Revolution. So we'll let, and, but just follow along and just have a good old time and just hang on. And enjoy the ride, as I say. If you want to chime in on anything we have to talk about here tonight on Revolution 268, please feel free to give us a call. It is 1-724-444-7444. Call ID is 138055-POUND. Of course, the magic six numbers. As we, of course, <clears throat> as we always say, press that one if you want to chime in on anything that we have to talk about here in the world of professional wrestling. We would love to get your, read your thoughts and opinions on the air and, of course, share them with our own. And, you know, make up some, some big-time uh, wrestling discussion. But please join us here this evening if you like. Ladies and gentlemen, before we get into, uh, before I turn it over to uh, uh, J, uh, JD for our wrestling news and news segment, we have to talk about a couple of things. Of course, not, they are, of course, not wrestling-related. And I know normally we do that on outside the ropes. But this is something that has, these are, this is, these are two items of business that took place, uh, like I said, around the Christmas season. Um, and, of course, as, as we have been hearing throughout the year 2016, uh, we have lost quite a few folks in the world, in the, in the entertainment world. Uh, of course, most notably uh, music, movies, sports, uh, politics, uh, just public figures, period, ones that we've all well known I've known over the years, uh, from like I said, TV, movies, uh, like I said, music, and every genre you can think of. Uh, but uh, we actually, uh, 2016 has claimed two more people over the last two days, sadly. Uh, first off, ladies and gentlemen, I'm sure just kids, if you have not heard, uh, on Christmas Day of all times, which is just, this was really shocking. Uh, of course, everyone remembers the 1980s uh, group Wham. It's uh, legendary frontman George Michael, who also went on to have a great career in solo-wise with some great songs, including uh, I think Faith was was one, yes. and a bunch of other nice, bunch of other great songs. But he was a he was a tremendous artist. Uh, but sadly, on Christmas Day, we lost Mr. Michael at the age of 53. Uh, uh, at his home in England, as, as a matter of fact, to my, to my, to my understanding, uh, we at that point in time had not heard of a, of a cause of death from Mr. Michael. Uh, a lot of people going around that might have been a heart attack. He died in his sleep somehow. We don't know how it happened. Uh, but uh, of course, uh, our thoughts and our thoughts and prayers, of course, even the radio network, go out to the family of, of Mr. Michael. Of course, a tremendous performer. 
Uh, of course, did some duets with the likes of Elton John and a few others. Uh, of course, was also involved in the song back in the 80s called Do They Know It's Christmas to try to raise money for uh, awareness, I think, overseas, like in Africa and all, to help feed the hungry. Um, I think he was one of those that uh, was a part of that. Uh, about 53 years old, and yeah, that's that. Uh, but we, we lost a great, a great gentleman, Mr. George Michael. And of course, the second one we have to talk about actually just occurred today, as a matter of fact. And I'm sure a lot of people have been keeping up in the news that Carrie Fisher, of course, well known, best known for her role as Princess, legendary character Princess Princess Leia from the three original Star Wars films, and of course, the most recent one, The Force Awakens. Uh, of course, as you know, flying back from London to Los Angeles, she suffered a uh, what they thought might be like a heart attack on right there on the plane. Uh, was of course was admitted immediately to the hospital in Los Angeles. Well, sadly today she kind of lost that. That we just determined that she passed away at the age of 60 uh, due to other complications that occurred as a result of the heart attack she had uh, on the plane coming back here from from Los Angeles. Uh, so, uh, and of course, very. And this is talking about shocking. Like I said, like I said, we are, 2016 has claimed the lives of so many great, great folks. Of course, just more recently as well, you know, we talked about Growing Pain star Alan, Alan Thicke, uh, legendary Hollywood socialite Jacques Gabor was another. Um, we've lost so many people here this year, and uh, actually, on behalf of the WWS Radio Network uh, uh, crew. Uh, we like to send our condolences to the family, like I said, both Mr. George Michael and Ms. Carrie Fisher. Um, of course, uh, we thank them for their contributions to the entertainment world and, and their in their capacity. And uh, and uh, of course, uh, tomorrow, uh, we'll, we'll, of course, we will also be talking more in depth about their passings, as well as, of course, on outside the ropes tomorrow night at 6:30. Call ID 141. 387 pound. We'll be definitely talking about <clears throat> all the deaths that occurred throughout the year 2016, leading up to, of course, the passing today of Miss Carrie Fisher. So you definitely want to hear about this. A lot of these, some of these, I was even surprised whenever because we have we we have located a list of those who have passed away here this year, and a lot of those I was even kind of surprised that they had passed on. Did not even realize them. Uh, so. So tomorrow on Outside the Ropes, in addition to our uh, news outside the wrestling world, we'll definitely be bringing you all the, pretty much all the deaths of um, 2000, all the folks that passed away here in 2016. Uh, also, of course, on the Entertainment Cavalcade page, uh, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash US Entertainment, there is a poll that I have set up about who do you think was the most shocking death of, of all the whole year, um, and of course, if you don't see the one from the list of, that I have made for the poll, you can put down your own right there and comment underneath the poll, and we would uh, and we'll definitely, like I said, read those on the air. And of course, uh, if you're interested in uh, taking part in that, so uh, like I said, I mean, we like I said, uh, I just want to send our condolences to the families of both Mr. George Michael and Miss Carrie Fisher, of course. Uh, two great, two great performers in their own field and in their own right. And of course, 
it will not it will now not be the same without them. So um, I, I know we're uh, I know we're going to get right to the rest of the news in just a moment. But uh, JD and John, if you would please join me for a uh, for a two minute moment of silence, please, as we close our eyes and pray, please. Almighty God, thank you for being with us here this evening and, of course, celebrating the, the life of your son that which you brought to, to us on, on this earth here uh, <clears throat> on that Christmas day. Uh, we, of course, like I said, uh, ask that you be with the families of the two individuals that we have just mentioned, of course, uh, be with them, uh, comfort them, knowing, and know that... Uh, that you have your ever-loving arms around everyone affected by their tragic by their tragic losses, and know that everyone around the world who were fans of these individuals know that uh, they can take comfort in the fact that you uh, have brought them have brought them home, and they no longer have to suffer, and they no longer feel no pain, and they are at peace. And we ask this in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, who was born, like I said, born on born two days ago, and of course, who would later go on to die for all of our sins. Amen. Amen. So, ladies and gentlemen, we thank you very much for that. We want to take that opportunity to, to, to do so. Uh, in the meantime, let's go ahead and jump right, get right back in the saddle here for episode 268 of Revolution. And of course, I will turn over, over to <clears throat> to the Iceman JD Jerry Rondo, who has a few pieces of wrestling music for the day. JD, please go ahead and proceed. Well, tonight we got three matches on SmackDown Live. Believe it or not, however, and among the matches that have been listed, however, include a fatal four-way for the tag team titles: American Alpha taking on Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt, taking on Jimmy and Jay Uso, the return, and Heath Slater and Rhino. Also, Dolph Ziggler will be taking on Baron Corbin and AJ Styles in a triple threat match to see who will be the heavyweight champion. Oh, and of course, John Cena returns tonight, and also Alexa Bliss will be taking on Becky Lynch for the WWE SmackDown Women's title. Meanwhile, however, uh, also we have a non-title matchup on 205 Live after the show tonight, uh, as Adrian Neville will be taking on Rich Swan, the Cruiserweight champion. Uh, last night, of course, the superstars, if you will, of course, were in Madison Square Garden last night, however, and it was a very interesting night of action. We'll tell you what went down in just a little bit. Also, we do not have yet the numbers for Raw, however, as far as the ratings go, but John t- did tell me, however, that I think they did go up a little bit last night as far as viewership goes. We'll have to get the final number hopefully either sometime later today or hopefully tomorrow. We'll let you know about that. And as far as any other news goes, we do not have anything at this point in time. Thank you very much, uh, J.D. And of course, J.D., along with King and W.O. Gerard T. Smith, is King Ice, your premier WWUS News Tag Team. They bring you all the news that is fit to print, and of course, of course, if it doesn't fit, they always they always are very, very determined to make it fit, find a way to make it fit. And of course, in Gerard's case, he has the perfect method, which is a, ha- which is some ha- which is a hammer, some nails, and, of course, the old-fashioned way, duct tape. Cannot beat that. No, sir. 
So let's go ahead and, and speaking of which he was supposed to machine John Gross has our <clears throat> history and birthdays all lined up here for today, December twenty seventh. Let's see what he has on tap here for today. Thirty three years ago, we put it at nineteen eighty three, Hulk Hogan made his return to the WWF in a win over Bill Dixon. Of course, Hogan left the WWF in nineteen eighty after he uh, 1980, excuse me, after he decided against the wishes of then WWF owner Vincent J. McMahon, of course, Vince McMahon's father, to play a small role in the movie Rocky III. He joined the AWA where he rose to national and international prominence after the film's release in 1982. However, their stubbornness to make Hogan their world heavyweight champion made Hogan return to the WWF. After Hogan returned to the WWF, a month, a month later, of course, he beat the Iron Sheik to win the title at Madison Square Garden. He held the championship from January 84 through February of 88. And, of course, speaking of Hulk Hogan, 27, 27 years ago uh, today, which would put it at, let me see, 1989, I do believe. Yes, that is right. Uh, WWF presented No Holds Barred, the movie, with, of course, where they showed both uh, matches putting Hogan and Brutus Beefcake taking on Randy Savage and Zeus in a steel cage match with, of course, Hogan and Beefcake getting the win there. 23 years ago today, put it in 1993, WCW presented Starcade of that year. Sid Vicious was originally scheduled to face Vader for the title until we knew what happened between Sid and Arn Anderson and, and where, of course, the moment where we all we talked about this before here, too, where Sid stabbed Art Anderson with a pair of scissors, and he was fired two months before the event ever happened. Ric Flair defeated Vader to win the WCW World Heavyweight Championship, but had he lost, he would have been forced to retire. 22 years ago, 94, of course, the Starcade, uh, Vader once again, back in the picture this time, he won the U.S. title over Hacksaw Jim Duggan. And 21 years ago, 1995, Starcade again, uh, Ric Flair defeating Randy Savage to win the WCW World Heavyweight title. 18 years ago today, put it in 1998, everyone remembers this moment here, of course, at Starcade. Kevin Nash defeated Goldberg in a no-DQ match to win the WCW World title, ending Goldberg's undefeated run in WCW at just over 15 months and 173 matches, of course, without a loss whatsoever. 11 years ago today, put it in 2005, at a SmackDown taping, MNM defeated the team of Batista and Rey Mysterio to win the WWE Tag Team titles. It's the third time they actually won the titles in 2005. And now here we go with some, here we go with the birthdays here, ladies and gentlemen. You're going to be happy with a few of these birthdays. First off, Andy Levine. Well, I'm trying to remember who that is. Who's that? Actually, Andy Andy Levine. If if Tom could spell it, I could find it out for you. Well, he spelled it L-E-A-V-I-N-E, but I don't know if that's how the way you spell it. I'm not sure. Okay, well, anyway, he turns 29 years old. He's a young man. Okay. Cesaro, one half of the new Raw Tag Team Champions, today turns 36. Bart Gunn, Billy Gunn's partner in the Smoking Guns, turns 53. And a very somber birthday here, guys. Today would have been the 47th birthday of China. Wow. Today would have been her 47th birthday. 
incredible. And here's definitely the big bir- here's the, definitely the big birthday that we have of, of all. Today is the 50th birthday of Goldberg. Hmm. Actually, uh, John's got Goldberg here in, in the capital letters four times. Uh, he's doing the chant. Uh, he's in the arena. <laughs> and here's some history right here on Goldberg. Uh, Goldberg was born and raised in Tulsa, Oklahoma, where he had a bar mitzvah at the Temple of Israel and graduated in, at, from Tulsa Edison High School. He became a bouncer at the age of 16 and acquired a love for football. Goldberg's mother, Ethel, is a classical violinist. Boss father, Jed, who attended Harvard University, was an obstetrician and gynecologist. They had divorced, and his father, Jed, had died in 2006. So a year before, oh, no, I'm sorry. That was uh, after Goldberg became, a wrestler, became popular as a wrestler. Okay. Goldberg earned a scholarship to play for the University of Georgia Bulldogs football team, where he served as a defensive tackle. Goldberg was taken in the 11th round by the Los Angeles Rams in the 1990 draft. He played for the Rams in 1990 and followed by a stint with the Sacramento Gold Miners and the Atlanta Falcons from 1992 to 1994. After being cut from the Falcons, he was, and John John made sure he mentioned this. Now, you're going to, J.D., you're going to flip over this. He was part of the new NFL group in which is is my favorite team. He says my name, my favorite team. And John says he started, he jinxed me, but he had to say it, the Carolina Panthers in 1995. (laughs) Yeah, I forgot for a little while Goldberg was a part of that. But he had never played for the group. He was cut from the Panthers. His NFL career ended when he tore his lower abdomen from his pelvis. Ooh. Ouch. Yeah, ouch is right. Yeah, Pat now returned to the league after rehabilitation, but due to his lack of success, was not considered a major asset. Ooh. He has described playing in the NFL as a mixed emotional experience because despite reaching the goal of simply playing in the NFL, he never obtained the level of achievement that he desired during the rehab following the NFL injury. He began powerlifting and mixed martial arts, where he was spot- and then he was spotted by Lex Luger and Sting who urged him to try professional wrestling, although he wasn't a fan of professional wrestling. He used it as an alternative to his fledgling football career and began training at the WCW Power Plant, working as Bill Gold. He made five appearances. The first was a dark match at a Monday Nitro event where he beat Buddy Lee Parker, Buddy Landell at a Saturday night dark match, Hugh Morris at a house show, Chip Minton at Nitro, and someone named John Betcha at a house show. Hmm. His last pre-televised appearance was in a dark match on July 24th. It was in a dark match on July 24th was a Saturday night taping, a loss to someone named Chad Fortune. No, not me. That's someone I know. <laughs> But on his debut TV match, he defeated he defeated Hugh Morris on September 22, 1997. That was the same night in WWF where Stone Cold Steve Austin had stunned Vince McMahon at MSG. Huh. Wow. After Goldberg's win, he beat a lot of WCW wrestlers in the range of one to two minutes. He was pushed up the card and was pushed as a singles wrestler. 
The newcomer captivated fans with his monstrous yet silent charisma, brute strength, and agility that saw him vault the ropes. Goldberg made his pay-per-view debut at Starcade by beating Steve McMichael. That was a great match. It was 97 Starcade. That was a great match. He squashed Brad, Brad Armstrong at Super Bowl Eight, and he pinned Perry Saturn at Spring Stampede. In mid-March, WCW stopped referring to him by his full name after his win over Saturn, which was his 74th consecutive win. He challenged Raven the next night on Nitro for the United States Heavyweight title with Goldberg defeating Raven for that belt, despite, of course, interference from Raven's flock at that time. Goldberg began to become, began, started becoming a main eventer, defending the U.S. heavyweight title, and slowly became the contender for the world heavyweight title. On July 6, 1998, Goldberg was given the shot by defeating Scott Hall, and then he defeated Hulk Hogan to become the world heavyweight champion. Goldberg had numerous successful title defenses against the NWO at Road Wild and, and Diamond Dallas Page at Halloween Havoc. But his undefeated streak came to a head at Starcade with, of course, Kevin Nash winning the WWE title and ending his, uh, his official undefeated streak at 173-0 with help from Scott Hall. Goldberg got his redemption that sold out by defeating Scott Hall in a ladder taser match. I remember that, too. He won when he used the taser, which was hung high above the ring. But at the same time, WWF mocked Goldberg with the character Gilberg, a jobber who dressed similar to Goldberg and mocked his signature entrance and mannerisms. He was small and scrawny, using the catchphrase, who's first? Since he never won, also, Gilberg, known as, also known as Dwayne Gill, was also the WWF light heavyweight champion. And he also challenged Triple H for the WWE World Heavyweight Championship, in which he was unsuccessful. As Spring Stampede, though, getting back to Goldberg, Goldberg got his redemption over Kevin Nash by defeating him. He took a little bit of time off to prepare for his movie debut in the 1999 film Universal Soldiers of Return alongside, alongside time cop film star Jean-Claude Van Damme, the muscles from Brussels. Jean-Claude Van Damme. Sorry, I, I had to say that. I had to say it that way. Jean-Claude Van Damme, the muscles from Brussels. <laughs> He made his return two months later and defeated Rick Steiner at Ruben Wild. That was another great match, by the way. He did feud with DDP, also involving Page's allies, the Jersey Triad, with Goldberg, of course, winning. After selling, selling his rivalry with Page, he focused on Sid Vicious and challenged him to a match to end Sid's winning streak. The two feuded with each other, with Goldberg winning at Halloween Havoc via referee stoppage and thus winning his second U.S. heavyweight title. Later on that night, he defeated Sting to win the WCW World Heavyweight title. On the ne- next night's episode of Nitro, J.J. Dillon ruled the match wasn't sanctioned by WCW, and that therefore Goldberg's victory was void. Sting wasn't given the belt back due to his attack on a referee, and Dillon announced his 32-man tournament for the now-vacant title, which included Goldberg, but he was eliminated by Bret Hart in the first round. The tournament was won by Bret Hart at Mayhem, but Goldberg continued his rivalry with Vicious in where he won in the I Quit match at Mayhem. He then joined, of course, joined forces with Bret Hart, defeating Creative Control to win the WCW World Tag Team titles 
but they lost the belts to the Outsiders. At Starcade, Goldberg and Bret Hart battled it out for the World Heavyweight title. After Goldberg delivered a stiff kick to Hart's head, giving him a concussion and tearing a muscle in his neck, Hart continued on, suffering what he believed to be at least one other concussion when he hit his head on the floor while executing a ring, po- ring post-assisted figure, figure four leg lock. The match had ended when Rowdy Piper declared Hart the winner, despite Goldberg never having submitted to the sharpshooter. Hart vacated the belt the next night on Nitro, saying he didn't want to win that way, and he gave Goldberg a, a rematch. He was defeated again due to the outside interference from the Outsiders. In a swerve, Hart took one of the bats from the Outsiders and began beating on Goldberg himself, doing enough damage to score the pin and regain his title. After the match, Nash, Hall, Hart, and Jeff Jarrett reformed the NWO and gave Goldberg a target for a feud that, however, would not last long. After his title match loss, Goldberg injured himself on the December 1999 episode of Thunder during a sequence where, he, sequence where he chased the NWO limousine into the parking lot. A spot in the sequence where Goldberg pounded on the windshield of the limousine with his hands to ensure his safety, Goldberg had assistance from a piece of metal pipe and his hands were covered in black tape. After this, Goldberg was to break some of his vehicle's windows. There were four windows on the side of the limousine and Goldberg broke them with his hands. He then got aggressive and put his forearm through the window and immediately, and immediately gashed it. Ooh. He finished the sequence by pounding, uh, pounding on the hood of the limo with his bloody arm. But he was taken to, from the arena and rushed to a nearby hospital where the wound was patched. Goldberg took a bit of time off to recuperate, but he returned to WCW in May of 2000 on an episode of Nitro, interfering in a handicap match between Kevin Nash and the team of Tank Abbott and Rick Steiner. At the Great American Bash, Goldberg betrayed Nash during Nash's world title match against Jeff Jarrett and turned into a villain for the very first time. Goldberg aligned himself with the New Blood, but at New Blood Rising, Goldberg turned face once again, walking out of the triple threat match between him, Kevin Nash, and Scott Steiner. He started a rivalry with Steiner at Fall Brawl, with Goldberg losing to outside interference. Goldberg's rivalry with Russo continued in October. Russo gave Goldberg an ultimatum. If Goldberg was to lose another match at any point in time, he would retire from professional wrestling. Goldberg defeated Chronic at Halloween Havoc in a handicap elimination match, and he beat Lex Luger at Mayhem and Starcade. His streak was finally broken at Sin, at the pay-per-view called Sin in 2001, when Goldberg teamed with Dwayne Bruce they lost to the team of Tolly Buffett, which was, of course, Luger and Buff Bagwell, in a tag team match. The storyline was intended to enable Goldberg to have shoulder surgery at the end of sin. Scott Steiner, Jeff Jarrett, Lex Luger, and Buff Bagwell hosted a mock funeral for Goldberg alongside Road Warrior Animal and Ric Flair. Goldberg didn't return to WCW because WCW was sold to the WWF in March of 2001, while Goldberg was still recovering. The WWF did, did not buy out Goldberg's contract with Tom Warner, as they had done with several other WCW employees, so he wasn't involved in the WWF invasion storyline. Goldberg has said remained under contract with Tom Warner in May of 2002, where he agreed on a contract buyout. He was WCW's highest-paid athlete alongside Bret Hart, earning $2.5 million per year, a sum which would have risen to $3.5 million. 
due to have expired in July 2003. Goldberg has suffered an arm injury in April 2002, but returned to the ring four months later in Japan by defeating Satoshi Kojima and Taiyo Kea. He went on to beat Rick Steiner in a match for the W1 promotion and teamed with KJ Muto, of course, uh, Great Muta, to defeat Chronic. He began contract negotiations with the WWE, and in March of 2003, the WWE would finally see Goldberg the night after WrestleMania as The Rock did a Rock Appreciation Night. Goldberg came out to announce that The Rock was next. At Backlash, he beat The Rock <clears throat> in his debut match following three spears and a jackhammer. He went undefeated over the subsequent half year by beating Three Minute Warning in his first ever Raw match and beat Christian in a following episode of Raw in a steel cage match. He defeated with Jericho when Goldberg was the guest of Jericho's first edition of the Highlight Reel, of course, the, uh, Jericho's interview show. Uh, on the May 12th episode of Raw, a mystery assailant attempted to run over Goldberg with a limousine. A week later, Stone Cold interrogated several superstars and found out who was driving the car. Lance Storm admitted he was the guy that tried to run over Goldberg. I remember this. I remember all this. After Goldberg defeated Storm, Storm admitted that Jericho was the man that conspired with Storm into running him over. Jericho and Goldberg battled at Bad Blood with Goldberg winning. Goldberg then began his pursuit of the World Heavyweight Championship and challenged Triple H to a match at SummerSlam. But the, but the match, of course, was changed into an Elimination Chamber match. They also involved Randy Orton, Kevin Nash, Chris Jericho, and Shawn Michaels in there, of course, as well as Triple H himself. Of course, Triple H retained the World Heavyweight title. Uh, Unforgiven, Goldberg, however, regained the World Heavyweight Championship against Triple H for the second time. Goldberg stayed world champion for the past three months in numerous successful, successful title defenses against Jericho, Mark Henry, and Shawn Michaels, and Triple H at Survivor Series until he lost the title to Triple H at Armageddon in a triple threat match, which, match which also featured Kane. In 2004, Goldberg began fitting with SmackDown's Brock Lesnar. After Royal Rumble, Lesnar interfered in a Royal Rumble match after Goldberg had dominated the match and delivered the F5 to Goldberg, allowing Goldberg to be eliminated by Kurt Angle. Goldberg got one over at No Way Out by costing Brock Lesnar the WWE title, I guess Eddie Guerrero set the stage for a WrestleMania showdown between the two at WrestleMania 20 with Steve Austin as the guest referee. The crowd knew that Goldberg and Lesnar would have their last WWE match, and thus gave largely negative reactions throughout the performance. Goldberg won the match, but he was given a Stone Cold Stunner by Austin, but both Lesnar and Goldberg's final WWE performances would not last long. Brock Lesnar, of course, returned to WWE in April 2012. While Goldberg made Legends of Wrestling appearances on June 7, 2015, while he was not scheduled to wrestle at the event, Goldberg aided Rob Van Dam after his match against Scott Steiner and performed both his finishing moves on Steiner and Doc Gallows. He returned to Miami of, in January of 2016, where he delivered another spirit to Steiner. In May 2016, he was announced as the pre-order bonus for the upcoming WWE 2K17 video game. In the summer, he and Brock Lesnar traded insults through social media and WWE 2K events, such as Gamescom. He returned to the WWE 2K SummerSlam event the weekend before the pay-per-view, feeling speculation 
he would be appearing at the event to confront Lesnar. Goldberg appeared on the October 10th episode of SportsCenter, where he contemplated returning to WWE and led to Paul Heyman challenging Goldberg to face Brock Lesnar. The following week on Raw, Goldberg returned to WWE for the first time in 12 years, accepting Heyman's challenge and signaling that Lesnar would be next and last. He returned two weeks later to attack Rusev and Paul Heyman after Rusev and Paul Heyman had interrupted him. Goldberg and Lesnar came face-to-face six days before the Survivor Series in where Goldberg and Lesnar had had to fight with security after Heyman had insulted Goldberg's family. At Survivor Series, he beat Lesnar after hitting two consecutive spears and a jackhammer, ending the match in one minute and 26 seconds. Along with John Cena, he became the second man to have beat Lesnar on two separate pay-per-view events. The next night, Goldberg thanked the fans and said he had one more title run led to him while declaring himself as the first entrant to the 2017 Royal Rumble match. The following week, Paul Heyman said that Goldberg and Lesnar's match was a humiliation and embarrassment for him a Lesnar and said that Lesnar would also be in the Royal Rumble match as he has something to prove. This Monday night, Goldberg will return to Miami for the first new Raw of 2017. The question is, which WWE superstar will try to test Goldberg when Goldberg arrives in Miami? And what kind of impact will Goldberg make at the 30-man uh, Royal Rumble match in the Alamo Dome, and who will be next? Uh, and then, of course, John's already starting to get his wrestling, um, his views on Monday Night Raw. So I will, uh, let me see here. Uh, and John said that's all he's got for the wrestling history and birthdays. And John, thank you very much. And JD, thank you very much for for uh, the wrestling news and views of the day. One seven two four 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 seventy four forty four. Call ID one three eight zero five five pound. You're listening to episode two hundred and sixty eight of the Mothership Broadcast of the Radio Network right here on TalkShoot.com. Of course, WCWUS Revolution. I'm of course Mr. WCWUS Chad Hinshaw back on the line here with you. Uh, joining me, of course, long, long time in this evening is, of course, the Iceman, J.D., Derek Girolamo, uh, of course, from Raw Radio and all of our other shows here on the radio network, and also on the chat box, the Human Suplex Machine, John Gross, also, excuse me, also from Raw Radio and also the very first 2016 WWS Hall of Famer. Uh, let's go ahead and dive right on into it here, gentlemen, of course, our review of last night's Monday Night Raw, of course, like I said. A lot of implications, of course, possibly for the Royal Rumble. I'm sure, um, you know, for the next few rolls, I'm sure we, are, we all can agree with that. Uh, let's go ahead and get J.D.'s and John's thoughts and opinions on Monday Night Raw. J.D., let us start with you, sir. Let's see what you got to say. J.D. J.D. J.D., are you still there, sir? You must have stepped away for a moment. In the meantime, I'll go ahead and read John's. Let's see what John has to say right here about Monday Night Raw. Uh, of course, John said I started his Raw review. So he wanted, he wanted to say, of course, also rest in peace to both George Michael and Carrie Fisher, and he wanted to extend his condolences to both their families, truly never to be forgotten, and the world has lost two of the greatest legends. John, I could not... I could not uh, I, could, I would agree with you 110%. Uh, 
Uh, of course, Khan's getting, of course, now getting out into Raw, which was in Chicago. Biggest WWE crowd in history, in John's opinion. And when Stephanie came out, of course, they did the CM Punk chance. John was totally taken aback when Stephanie ripped on the fans, saying that if they had chanted Punk for two minutes and 15 seconds, that was a knock on what Punk's doing now. Bronze and Reigns wanting Strowman and does Stephanie tease us with a shield reunion. At that Stephanie's always been a tease. I wonder how John's wondering how many times Stephanie's been teasing Triple H in the bedroom. Of course, this is a PG show, so stop it, John. <laughs> of course, first match to kick off with the New Day taking on the new champ Cesaro and Sheamus for the New Day's entrance. The New Day had the big bowl of cereal with them and fed to all the fans. Now, the fans have come to love the New Day syrup, but I'm sure they didn't want the New Day not winning the tag team titles for the third time. Cesaro and Sheamus won this battle for sure. John guarantees that we might have a possible rematch between the two teams at the Royal Rumble. It's possibly a given. I mean, John, you have a very good point. Uh, they may do that again. Uh, of course, Bailey giving Goldust uh, his little gift in where she gave him a Dusty Rhodes bear only to have it ripped up by the club. I mean, John says what the club he didn't agree with their actions of what they did with the bear. Dusty had to be turned over his grave if he was actually watching this. Nia Jax getting another squash against Scarlett, whoever of course whoever she is. There's just another female jobber right there. Scarlett had a Sasha T shirt, which I guess Nia Jax did not like. Another deal segment which really threw John for a loop, of course, the match between Bailey and Charlotte with Dana Brooke as a referee. And of course, Charlotte talking to her lawyers and said, man, and the swerve of the night, Charlotte always has to have friends in low places. Whether They'd be sneaking in and out of the ring and always have to help Charlotte get the job done. I agree with you on that point, though. So, so John guarantees they could set up the possibility between Bailey versus Charlotte to Royal Rumble. Um, John believes it's got to happen. I would agree with that too, John. I mean, I'm sure that's probably what they're itching to do here next is, of course, between uh, between uh, Bailey and Charlotte. So we'll have to wait and see what happens with that. Stephanie finally gives Braun what he wants, he, a match with Sami Zayn, but not in, not just any kind of match, 
It'll be a last man standing match. Ooh. Last man standing match is pretty much rare for TV. Of course, if you get John's drift. Speaking of matches, we'll have the Cruiserweight match between Neville and TJ Perkins. It was a good match, no doubt about it. The two busted it out there, but Neville gets the win with his new attitude and challenges Rich Swan for 205. And then, of course, Enzo and Cass up another swerve for Rusev. Jinder Mahal and Lana reminded, reminded John of three weeks ago when Lana and Rusev. Set up Enzo in the hotel room. But guess what? Lana, Rusev, Lana, and Jinder will cite the swerves on you. Hmm. The tag team match between Bo Dallas and, and Darren Young against the Shining Stars never got started. And why do you ask? Braun Strowman repeats his dominant performance like last week, and he took out another Christmas tree. Hmm. This is John's words here. The human surface machine, John. And before we get anything else, I just want to tell you, John did not note, but I will note, Chris Hero turned 37 on Christmas Eve. Chris Harris turned 43 on Sunday. Rusev turned 31 also on Sunday. And Dennis Knight, better known as Phineas Garland, Mitty and Tex Lessinger, turned 48 yesterday. So happy birthday to all of them. Oh, thank you, of course, for bringing that to my attention as well. I could not find any birthdays uh, for yesterday, but I do greatly appreciate that. Uh, thank you very much, J.D., for bringing it to our attention. And there was one significant day in history, of course, the Iron Sheik beating Bob Backlund in Madison Square Garden in 1983. Oh, that's right. Yes, that's right, of course. 
course, uh, Iron Sheik would not hold the belt for long. Of course, he would lose it. Uh, it was not too long ago, uh, January, I think it was January 23rd of 84, yes. to the one and the only Hulk Hogan, of course. And John says he believes that Tree Garden should sue Braun Strowman for doing all this. But John Tree Garden? <laughs> Tree Garden, that's what he said. Tree Garden? What do you think, Tree, Tree, Tree Garden, that's what he said. I'm assuming oh, what he said. Well, I don't know. He won't blame him for attacking the Tree Garden. And speaking of Strowman, he takes on Rollins, as good as Rollins is. John doesn't think Strong never gave Rollins much of a chance. Although Rollins, but on some offense, Strowman was just too powerful. I would have to agree. I would like to get some more more thoughts and things about uh, from the first machine, John Gross, last night, Monday Night Raw. I will go ahead and take care of this one more time. 1724-444-7444, call ID 138055-POUND. You're definitely listening to episode 268 of the Mothership Broadcast, WWUS Revolution. Once again, I am Mr. WWUS, Chad Henshaw, back on the line. Alongside the Iceman KD, Jared DiGiolamo from Raw Radio, as well as his tag team partner, uh, <clears throat> Mr. Post Machine, John Gross, on the chat box. And John now has another thought here. He says, Then Sami Zayn sneaking up on Strowman, attacking Strowman, and Chris Jericho comes out in his red outfit and with Seth Rollins. Then we get a cruiserweight match with Ruth Schwann, Aria Davari, with Swan winning and accepting Neville's challenge for 205. The main event, which we're possibly going to have at the Royal Roman, Roman Reigns and Kevin Owens, but of course, it's not, this, in this case, it's not for the Universal title. Only for the United States Championship, but of course, Reigns retains with help from his shield brethren, Seth Rollins. Overall, John didn't think Raw was bad nor good. He thought it all was okay. Some things could have been better. All right, Johnny. So for the first jump for the first Raw 2017, expect Raw to have a very, very much big show, no pun intended. With Goldberg making his return to Raw in Miami. Tampa. Yeah, and John says that's all he's got for his last Raw review of 2016. Uh, John, thank you very much for providing that here for us tonight. Now we turn over to the Ice Man himself, Jared. Did you all know to see what he, his take was on last night's Raw? Uh, please go ahead, JD. Okay. 
Well, we had 12,780 in attendance, and they saw, well, a very interesting to a somewhat so-so show, and I'll tell you why. Of course, we had to have Stephanie McMahon come out since they gave Mick off, I guess, a couple of weeks because there was talk he was going to be needing surgery, however, according to reports. But she came out, and of course, the fans started chanting CM Punk, CM Punk. Of course, it was a no-brainer that they did that. And then, of course, Rollins came out and, of course, uh, told Stephanie that basically she had Hunter Snowballs for the entire Yule Log in her purse. Mind you, I thought that was kind of funny. And then, of course, uh, he said he was coming to Raw for a fight and asked for a match against Strawman. Then, of course, Roman came out. And of course, he wasn't received very well, as you would expect, of course. And uh, Stephanie said he wanted a match as well. At this point, they chanced CM Punk one more time. And then, of course, Rollins then went on and said they should go backstage and teach him a lesson like they used to teach people lessons. Uh, Rain sense is just a power bomb from the table. Stephanie acted like a total ass clown, to say the least at this point, saying, yeah, let's do it. And then she decided to try to think she was a member of the Shield. It's like, are you kidding me with this? I mean, seriously? I mean, she then says how SmackDown Live is in the same venue coming up, however, and that Dean might be in the air. Meanwhile, okay, Dean was in the main event, supposedly, last night in a cage match against the Wiz in Madison Square Garden. Uh, of course, then she said, to the fans that they should reunite the Shield. Of course, the fans were excited about this, and then she then again pulled the rug underneath everyone's eyes and just basically told them it's too bad because it's not going to happen. She then decided to book Howard Seth against the Monster Strowman and then, then said Reigns will have a match against an opponent for choosing. I mean, this whole thing started out all right. It got okay. I mean, I did like Bronze's comments about Stephanie having Hunter Snowballs or the Yule Log and the purse. I thought that was kind of funny. Uh, it just shows you, I mean, I understand Hunter's a businessman and he doesn't have time to face Rollins right now, but, I mean, maybe instead of having your wife speak for you, maybe you can have the balls to show up like Rollins has been begging you to show up the last few weeks, however, to show up. I mean, maybe we'll see something develop this coming next Monday in Tampa. You never know. I mean, I think they are definitely setting this up for either WrestleMania or for the Rumble. Let's have to wait and see uh, where they go with this from there. From there, we go to the first match, of course, which we've seen all too familiar the last few months and weeks and years. It seems like Sheamus and Cesaro taking on Xavier and Kofi with Big E. Sheamus and Cesaro once again winning the matchup uh, here, despite the fact that New Day fought. A somewhat okay effort. I wouldn't say it was a great effort, but it was a somewhat so-so okay, fair effort. But again, it is what it is. It's the same old crap we've seen before. Then we have the Bromance Brothers, the Love Brothers, as I'm going to start calling them now. Uh, KO and uh, Jackass Jericho, of course, trying to get Strowman all hyped up and saying that uh, Rollins Reigns said stuff about him. And meanwhile, the thing... Uh, uh, that was somewhat okay funny about this is that he wouldn't want to be on the list of Strowman and then when Jericho said squash him down man I thought that was a little hokey if you ask me and then uh, the thing that really was stupid about this whole segment however, is that however mind you however uh, when Strowman said rumors are crap and Jericho is too I thought that was okay but then Owens and Jericho said that rumors suck. Okay, meanwhile, they're the morons starting the rumors. I mean, are you serious right now? I mean, whoever wrote that, I mean, that was 
pretty much full of crap, if you ask me. But speaking of crap, that leads us to our next segment, the Goldust R-Truth thing with the club and Bailey uh, involving the bear. Uh, it was nice to see as Bailey uh, give a nice gesture to Dustin. I thought that was very classy and very heartwarming. But, of course, the club showing no compassion whatsoever uh, and no remorse at all. And I heard Cody Rhodes was a little irate about this whole thing and said he didn't want to say anything about it and get in trouble for it. But uh, I thought uh, that was a little, uh, uh, I wouldn't say disturbing. I wouldn't say disturbing, but I think it was disrespectful. I think it was totally disrespectful in every sense of the word. I'm surprised that the club haven't had action taken against them because of this. I think they should have some action taken against them, or at least told that they shouldn't have done this, However, unless they were given permission to by Stephanie or whoever was giving them permission to. But if they weren't given permission to, I thought that was a total dick move on their part. I think it was totally no compassion at all. And then, of course, that leads us to our next match, Nia Jax versus Scarlett. This was an easy-peasy squash match, and, of course, they continue to hype up that Nia Jax is going to squash uh, Sasha Banks when she gets her in the ring eventually, of course. Uh, right now, however, I think they got to start doing a little bit more with Nia Jax, however, if you ask me. Rather than her let her speak or anything like that, just let her go out there and kick ass and make her name for herself. And, of course, up next, that led us to our Charlotte Bailey match that started the second hour, and of course, prior to that, Charlotte was talking to Stephanie about something, and then of course Bailey came out, and it seemed like Bailey didn't have the crowd with her last night for some reason. I think she was kind of off on her delivery and addressing the crowd. She seemed like she lost a little bit of uh, uh, of the audience last night, and then of course, who should show up but Queen Bitch Charlotte and say, however. Oh, uh, you didn't beat me last week, however. And then I talked to my lawyer, my lawyer, and, and talked to Stephanie McMahon, and that loss didn't happen last week, however. And it's going to be expunged, however, and that is uh, on you, however, blah, blah, blah. And then, of course, she says she's going to give Bailey another shot, Howard, to beat her, and uh, have a decent, decent referee to call it down the middle. But who should show up but Charlotte's little bestie, if you will, her little bitch girl, if you will, Dana Brooke coming up, her little chihuahua, however, because she doesn't have the balls to let anyone else call it down the middle except her little buddy, Dana Brooke. And what happens? Charlotte gets a cheap victory thanks to cheap-ass Dana Brooke fast-counting it. So uh, I don't know how much longer I can stomach this feud. I hope this feud doesn't last very long. I mean, I said it earlier today, however, to a few people. I hope eventually that someone does take out Charlotte soon. I don't care if it's Oscar. I don't care if it's freaking Ronda Rousey. I want to see Charlotte be punched in the mouth or at least get one loss on her mark before Mania or sometime or at Mania. I mean, I am tired of seeing her on top of the ladder all the time. Yes, she's a great heel. Yes, we know this. Yes, she has her father's uh, ability to lie and cheat any way she can. But how many times does she have to press her lips against Vince and Stephanie and Hunter's ass, however, saying all the time, I should be always on top. I should be the dominant diva, and no one should be better than me. I mean, come on. Like I said before, Sasha Banks, however. I mean, they screwed Sasha how many times, however, and I understand Vince wasn't really high on Sasha because she didn't have enough employee. Well, I'm tired of maybe she should wake up Vince and realize how she does have some talent, however, along with some of these other girls. But enough is enough of having people like Charlotte Flair kiss your ass 
along with your son-in-law and your daughter's ass tower to stay on top of the ladder. I mean, it just makes me sick. I mean, we know she's a great diva. She's a great champion. She's been a great champion in the before in NXT. But how many times do we have to hear the same old every week? Oh, you peasants are this and that. Look at me. I'm the queen diva. We know this, Charlotte, because you're kissing ass with management. That's why you're the kiss ass of the division. Then, of course, we go to Neville and Perkins. Uh, Neville being TJP was good here, I think. And like I said before tonight's show, I really am starting to dig more and more of this new attitude in Neville. I really think they needed to do this with Neville. They had to change it up a little bit. I think TJP and the video game thing has run its course. Um, I do think in time we're going to see possibly maybe, uh, I'm going to say right now, go out and say it. We could see a new tag team down the road maybe with Neville and Austin Aries. I would love to see that happen. And speaking of tag teams, that leads us to uh, Jinder, Mr. Inner Peace Mahal, who continues to look like an utter act, total J-Brone jackass, along with Rusev and Lana taking on Enzo and Cass. Uh, this was okay, but I'm surprised they didn't lead this into a matchup. I thought we were going to see a match at this point. Unfortunately, that's not going to happen. They might say that maybe for this coming week in Tampa. We'll have to wait and see where they go from there. And speaking of tag teams, who in the blue hell booked the Shining Stars to take on Mr. Bo Lever, Darren Young, and Bob Back. I mean, before Strowman came out and destroyed all of these guys. I mean, seriously, this could have been avoided again altogether. I mean, this was just absolutely horrendous. This didn't last very long. Uh, the fans, you could tell, said thank you, Strowman, after he uh, whipped up on all of these guys, especially when Young uh, got battering ran right into Bob Backlund's ribs, if you will. However, uh, this was another uh, waste of time, if you ask me. I don't know why they continue to portray Strowman as the big, bad, strong man that he is. How I mean, this psycho guy that he is. And, of course, they're leading to next week's match with Sami Zayn. Uh, I think they're setting themselves up for a major, major mistake here in this case. However, I mean, yes, I understand Sami barely survived that 10-minute match a few weeks ago at Roadblock. But now I can only start to think what's going to happen on Monday in Tampa because I think it's going to be an ugly night for Sammy. And speaking of ugly, however, this leads us to our next match, which was another ugly match. The strong man himself taking on the architect, Seth Rollins. It looked like Seth at one point was going to try to do well, but Sammy had to ruin it, however, by basically attacking Strowman. And then, of course, the two of them went to brawling. But then he should show up himself, but none other than jackass, whiny Jericho and his stupid list, if you will, cheap-shotting Rollins again like the little bitch that he is. However, of course, he didn't have his boyfriend with him this time, Kevin Owens, however, mind you, but he had to do it by himself without his boyfriend, if you will. And then, of course, uh, they then announced, however, that later in the night, however, the main event would be Roman and uh, Roman and Seth, uh, Roman and KO. Yay! I'm so excited about that one. Then, of course, we go to another uh, waste of a match. However, our truth and Gold Dust versus Gallows and Anderson, and Gallows and Anderson looked looked pretty good here, even though it was a quick match and didn't last very long, under three and a half, four minutes. Uh, I wish to God they would split this R-Truth Goldust team up. I really do. I think Goldust can do so much more on his own. I don't know why they can keep the Golden Truth going together as a team. I think it continues to be an absolute waste. I think Goldust has more potential than R-Truth, if you ask me. So I think they're just absolutely making this look like a joke more and more. Next, we had another uh, cruiserweight matchup, Rich Swan and Davari. Of course, we saw Jack Gallagher play a part later in the night. However, mind you, however, in funding Davari, 
Uh, this matchup only went a minute and a half. This was another wasted match, if you ask me. It seemed like Raw was the bland of wasted matches last night, except for a couple matches. Uh, this only went a minute and a half. I was a little surprised to see Neville show up here and attack Swan here, but it definitely served its purpose. However, I did like when uh, Neville made his statement earlier. And then, of course, uh, Swan bragged that if Neville wants to fight, a fight he'll get. Well, I think Neville is going to beat you tonight, Mr. Swan. However, in that non-title matchup and make a statement, at least I hope he does. We'll have to wait and see what happens. So that's going on right now on 205 Live. Of course, they also announced that next week Goldberg returns to Raw, so that's going to be really interesting to see what kind of uh, mood he'll be in. This is the first time we'll see him in less than a month, however. Um, as far as this Swan-Davari matchup, like I said, it went a minute and a half. This was just, this was a matchup they could have put, just avoided altogether. And then, of course, we go to uh, the main event, of course, Roman versus KO for the U.S. title. However, mind you, it went 16 minutes long, and once again, it seemed like Owens had to have a little help from his boyfriend, Jericho, and almost uh, steal the U.S. title. But at the end of the night, it turned out to be unlike last week when Rollins and uh, I don't know how I say Rollins. Rollins and uh, Roman were left laying at the hands of Strowman and also made fun of by Jericho and his boyfriend, if you will, this week. However, apparently Jericho and his boyfriend were the ones uh, that weren't laughing at the end of the night. As Rollins and Roman were the ones standing tall, but nevertheless, uh, this was one of the better matches of the night. How again, it's been the same old, same old with these four over the last couple months. I just wish they would start doing better programs with these four, however, but hopefully before or after the Rumble, they can finally go off and do their own thing. But yeah, as far as the final Raw last night goes, however, there were a lot of things that they could have really just eliminated altogether. This was not one of the better Raws they've had. I mean, they always say you go two steps ahead, sometimes you go three steps back. Well, last night, however, for the first time, I think, in a while, I think Raw took more than three steps back. I think they took five steps back. I'm going to have to really recover here, hopefully, for the start of the New Year's. But we'll have to see what the reigns are. I mean, I think a lot of people are obviously more interested in maybe watching that Monday night game between Dallas and Detroit. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But overall, I think they could have done a lot better last night in Chicago. This was one of the few disappointing Raws of the year, and like I said, I think it was really rough to see them uh, close out the year on such a bad note. Uh, thank you very much there, uh, J.D. Great. Uh, of course, I, as you said, you did spew that venom here tonight, so uh, absolutely, without a shadow of a doubt, that, that was not, uh, that was kind of probably a sad way to let the final Monday Night Raw before, uh, before of, of course, uh, <clears throat> before the new year, so. But nonetheless, it was, uh, like I said, one that a lot of people will remember, but not the way they want to remember it, I guess you could say. Uh, we have a few moments here, guys, um, if y'all are game. I have, of course, gone upon to funtrivia.com, and I have found a 10-question, uh, 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 I have found 10 questions, category... The category is all about, of course, with, I'm sure you probably remember this, from the 1987 Sunday Awards, the song called Stand Back. Duncan, uh, all the questions have to, have to do with this song. So. I'm, the, I'm down with it. Okay, all right. Jay, uh, John, are you, you like to take, John, are you, uh, are you down with it? Are you ready? <laughs> no, I said. Oh, okay, and he is, okay. 
Men til det er sådan, at vi kan gå til det, så det er bare det, som som det samme er noget, som I'm not going to take part in this is you, JD, and you, John, we have on here tonight. Uh, let's go ahead Whoa. and next. I'm watching a video of the Stinger from last night's game with the Cowboy game. You should see what he looks like. He, I mean, he changed his hair. He's got his sunglasses on, and he still has a little bit of the goatee, but he looks pretty good, though. That's, hey, that's great. That's great to hear. That's great to hear. Okay. All right, here, guys. Here we go. Very first question. Who performed Stand Back at the 87th semis? Was it Vince McMahon, Jimmy Hart, Hulk Hogan or Shane McMahon, JD. Ready to go. Okay, well, I just read the question. Oh, what was the question again? Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. No, I'll do it again. Now, I'm sure you're probably gonna know, but let me let me finish reading all of it one more time. Okay. Who performed the song "Stand Back" at the 87 Slammy Awards? Was it Vince McMahon, Jimmy Hart, Hulk Hogan, or Shane McMahon? And you said Vince, okay? And John also said Vince, and we will definitely put Vince, okay? Question number two. At the 87 Slammy Awards, who played the tambourine on this song? Was it George Animal Steel, Michael Michael P.S. Hayes, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, or Bam Bam Bigelow? J.D.? I'm going to say Ricky Steamboat did on this one. You say Ricky Steamboat. John. John says it was George Steele. Uh, so let's see here. We'll do the thing here. Let's see who who lands on. We'll go out of Steamboat or George Steele. And then we landed on Steamboat. So we'll put Steamboat down. We'll check all the answers, of course. At the end of the, at the end of the, at the and end. And before of the we go into number three, real quick, I just have some news that just came in. Believe it or not, uh, apparently tonight's SmackDown show had thirteen thousand one forty-five, and also it has been reported, however, at SmackDown, however, possibly we can't. We're not sure if it's going to be Chicago again, but if it's not Chicago, according to reports, Money in the Bank will be June eighteenth in St. Louis. Oh, okay. Thank you, Thank you very much. Uh, Thank you, thank you very much, there, JD, for giving that uh, big time update. We appreciate that. All right, question number three: Who was not emphasizing on who was not playing the saxophone on this on the song "Stand Back" at the '87 Slammys? Was it was was it not Ravishing Rick Rude, me Brian Blair, Junkyard Dog, or Jumpin' Jim Brunzel? JD, I'm gonna say Rick Rude. Ooh. You're saying it was not playing the saxophone? Yeah, it was not Rick Rude. Okay, you say it was not Rick Rude, okay. And, and J.D., like the European vacation, uh, excuse me, we're looking for sex. Spiteful. Oh, Lord, I'm I remember him saying, well, sex is German for sex. <laughs> yeah. Uh, John, who was, the question is, who was not playing the saxophone on the song Stand Back at the 87 Slammys? Was it Rick Rude, B. Brian Blair, JYD, or Jumpin' Jim Brunzel? And JD's already said Rick Rude. And he's also saying that too. We're going to say Rick Rude then. All right. Question number four. 
There were three trumpet players of the song Stand Back. Which superstar is out of place at the 87 Slammys? Was it Brutus the Barber Beefcake, Jake the Snake Roberts, Rick the Model Martell, or Randy Macho Man Savage? J.D. Places are Savage, and who are the others again? Brutus Beefcake, Jake Roberts, and Rick Martell. I'm going to say it was... Three trumpet players for the song, who was out of place. I'm going to say Martell. I'm going to say Martell. You're saying Martell. Yeah, and I can now confirm it is going to be in St. Louis. Yes, it says several fans and attends at tonight's live event in St. Louis are reporting announced details. It will be taking place there. Okay, thank you very much, J.D., for that next up. Up to up, keeping up to date here. Big time here. Thank you very much, sir, sir. And J- John also said Rick Martell for question number four. That's why we're going to uh, definitely put that, we'll definitely mark that for, for our, our answer for question number four. Question number five. What instrument did Bam Bam Bigelow play during the song Stand Back at the Slammys? Was it drums, saxophone, bass, or none, or nothing? I'm going to say drums. You're going to say drums. Okay. <clears throat> J.D. Uh, John. What instrument did Bam Bam Bigelow play during the performance at ASIN? He's also saying drums. Okay, so we'll say drums. Oh, and another big news story coming in just now. According to reports, Tajiri will be returning back to the WWE next week on 205 Live. About time. Yep, the Japanese buzzsaw is back. Oh right, that's, he's going to be a good he's going to be a good competitor for that. Yes, he will. Absolutely. According to the song, stand, question number six. According to the song, stand back. Part of the lyrics state, "I'm a man running wild, heading for the top." What is the next line? And I will and I'm listening very carefully, JD okay. and John, to the following choices. Go ahead, keep in mind, part of the lyrics right here are. Or as follows, I'm a man running wild, heading for the top. What comes after that in this song? Okay. Was it, along the way, you're going to see a lot of men drop? Well, to get a clean sweep, I better grab my mop. They say I couldn't do it, now just watch me pop. Never slowing down, never going to stop. J.D., which one? I'm going to say D. You're going to say never slowing down, never going to stop. Mm-hmm. Okay, and John says, he's also saying that, so both of you are saying, never slowing down, never going to stop, okay? All right, and we'll let everybody know the answers to this right there when we, when we get done here. According to the song, Stand Back, question number seven, what is the first line of the song after the initial Stand Back? I guess it's like probably, well, you'll probably get what I'm mean here in a minute. Okay. Now listen carefully to these lyrics. They thought when I was young I could have could have it all. When I was just a boy, everybody told me. They always said, son, you can have it all. Or I do my own thinking, got a lot of big plans. J.D. I'm going to say, oh, this is tough. But First yeah. line of the song. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I know, I'm, I know what you're saying. I'm going okay. to say... I'm going to say B this time. You're going to say B as in boy. And you think it's when I was just a boy, everybody told me. Okay. And John's also saying B as well. So we'll put that down and we'll see what it is. Question number eight. 
according to the to the to the song, of course, stand back. Part of the lyrics state, "I'll never, I never will be just a." And can you finish the lyric with the thought? It's one of the four, one of the following four. I'll and keep in mind, like I said, part of the, part of the lyrics is, "I'll never will be just a or an a pumped up guy." B, outstanding guy, C, ordinary guy, or D, good-looking guy? J.D.? I'm going to say ordinary-looking guy. You'll say ordinary guy. And John? He's saying ordinary guy. Okay, we'll say that right here, too. Okay, question number nine, according to this, of course, according to the song, Part of the lyrics state the following. They never blank the kind of man I am. Can you finish this lyric? Keep in mind, they never blank the kind of man I am. Was it A, really got, B, understood, C, appreciated, or D, recognized? J.D.? Understood. And understood. Okay, J, uh, John. And he's going along with you, J.D., so you're both saying understood. Okay, final question. At the 1987 Slammys, who did the video feature to promote the Piledriver album? Album Was it Hillbilly Jim, Hulk Hogan, Andre the Giant, or Coco Beware? J.D.? Coco Beware. And Coco Beware, okay. And John also says Coco Beware. Okay, gentlemen, here we go. With the answers. Question number one. Yes, it was in fact Vince McMahon. Of course, of course, we're saying here Vince was accompanied by eight dancers who followed all over him. He did a decent job, but this was one of three songs off the Pile Driver album performed. The other two were Rock and Roll, Hoochie Coo, and If You Only Knew. Of course, the Pile Driver album was released in '87. It has such songs as. Girls in Cars by Robbie Dupree, of course, with the Tag Team Strike Force. Demolition by Rick Derringer. And Crank It Up by Jimmy Hart. Question number two. Who played the tambourine? Uh, let's see. J.D., you said Ricky Steamboat. John said George Animal Steel. John was right. It was George the Animal Steel. Very nice, John. And of course, he's a former PE teacher. He has a master's degree as well as a bachelor of science degree. In 2005, he was inducted into the Hall of Fame. Okay. Question number three. Uh, as for who was not playing sax on this song, it was, in fact, Ravishing Rick Rude. Of course, he passed away in 1999 due to heart failure. He was a great man. I see, I see him in the Hall of Fame. He's coming near. Who's that? Rick Rude. Oh, yes, definitely, without question. Yes, big time, big time. Question number four, three trumpet players, which superstar was out of place? Both of y'all were correct. It was, in fact, Rick Martell. <clears throat> of course, he won the WWF Tag Team titles three times, twice with Tony Guerrero and once with Tito Santana, and also a former AWA champion. There you go. Question number five. 
What instrument did Bam Bam think would play at the during the song? Both of y'all said drums. Believe it or not, he didn't play anything. Oh. Simon, Simon was there in the beginning of 1997. The Beast from the East arrived in November of 1987. He didn't come until about nine or ten months later. So there you go. But the answer was none. Okay. Okay, part of the lyrics state, I'm a man running wild, heading for the top. Both of y'all are correct. The answer is, never slowing down, never going to stop. But, of course, the rest of it here is, but along the way, you're going to see a lot of men drop. Maybe watch them drop. People have said this song could be autobiographical. The way Vincent Man went to the top of the professional wrestling business in the 1980s. A lot of the little territories dropped off the wrestling landscape. He bought up all their best talent. Hmm. That was true, yeah. Question number seven. Okay, what was the first line of the song after the initial stand back? And both y'all were correct. It was when I was just a boy. Everybody told me. And the rest of it goes, what I should do and who I, and who I should be. And, of course, here's another interesting tidbit. This song has the phrase stand back 32 times. Hmm. Because actually the author of, this, of these trivia questions counted every single one of them. Another neat piece of information, the Pile Driver CD, not the album, was only released in the UK. Hmm. Interesting. Number eight, I'll Never Will Be Just A. Y'all are both correct on this one. It was Ordinary Guy. And, of course, the rest of the line is, I always push higher, reaching for the sky. Of course, uh, <clears throat> Vince McMahon was raised by his mother and the stepfather, Dujour. Vince never met his father until he was almost a teenager. When he did get hooked on the wrestling business, of course, you know the rest is history. There you go. Question number nine. Uh, both of y'all had that correct. It was, in fact, they never blanked the kind of man I am. The word is, of course, understood. And then, of course, the rest of the line is, I do my own thinking, got a lot of big plans. Vince revolutionized the pay-per-view industry while reshaping the professional wrestling industry. He knew when he bought the WWF from his father that he was going to go global. He had a lot of naysayers. Opposition to change is normal. He persevered, and the process became a billionaire by entertaining millions of fans around the world. Ain't that the truth? And question number 10. Who did the video feature to promote the Pile Driver album? Both of y'all said Coco. The answer was, and I'm surprised about this, guys, Andre the Giant. Oh, I didn't know that. The epitome of the gentle giant. He was in The Princess Bride, of course, playing the character Cedric. He was also in Conan the Destroyer with also with uh, uh, basketball great Wilt Chamberlain. That's right, Danny, too. So nice. Andre's fellow wrestlers had so much respect for him, they simply called him Boss. But we heard Hogan call him Boss on many occasions. His drinking and car playing were legendary. Of course, he passed away on July 27, 1993. He was the only, the first and only inducting to the Hall of Fame in 1993. So, guys, there you go. Uh, right there is on, on the final tally, score-wise. Score-wise was, well, you, 7 out of 10. That's still... Hey, the average, I, guessed on a couple, I guessed on half them. My God, I mean, that was crazy on some of these ones I guessed on. Well, 
Ladies, according to the average score for the quiz, is that the average score was five out of ten. So you actually did more better than the average. Yeah. Seven out of ten. Hey, that's not too bad. A lot of this, I haven't even knew like who performed it. Um, um, uh, let me see. Uh, what other ones did I know? I knew maybe one or two of the lyrics. Yeah. But there were some of those I was even kind of flabbergasted about. It. I didn't realize. I didn't know that either. But hey, but you know what? No one knew about the Andre the Giant one. We didn't know that one. No, we did not. We no, we did not. Uh, but we'll do. We'll like I said. We'll uh, uh, we'll definitely like I said. Uh, we'll definitely like to try some more of these uh, here during the week here in the shows here with the radio network. Uh, on that note here. Uh, <clears throat> on that note here, ladies and gentlemen, we do thank you for joining us here. Um, for joining us for episode 268 of the U.S. Revolution. Uh, like I said, once again, for uh, Tuesday, December 27, 2016. I definitely want to thank tonight uh, the Iceman, J.D., Jared DiGeralmo, and the human surface machine, John Gross, for joining me here tonight. Uh, we, unfortunately, we, couldn't, we didn't get King and W.O. Gerard T. Smith on, I'm sure due to several, conflict, several conflicts or both of these, of course, doing well and all that, but but due to, sure, due, to, due to several conflicts, I'm sure he was not able to make it on this evening. Hopefully we'll have him on here tomorrow night, uh, of course, uh, <clears throat> for our Triple Threat Wednesday. Of course, first off, tomorrow, as uh, as we talk about Triple Threat Wednesday, uh, remember 141-387-pound, of course, outside the ropes, as we, of course, bring you uh, a, a, kind of a special edition of it, because in addition to some of the entertainment news out there, pop culture news, we're primarily going to bring you like some of the list of some of the list of folks that passed away throughout the year 2016. Of course, here's the recent passing here, just recently of George Michael and Carrie Fisher. We're going to bring that here to you here tomorrow as well. Plus, like I said, my JD and I will have a few more things trending on uh, Facebook and Four Leather Mania and so on and so forth. So we'll talk to you like I said, one four one three eight seven pound tomorrow night at six thirty four outside the ropes. Then, of course, the NWM Madness Kingdom will bring in WWS Wrestling Debate and then debate about another uh, wrestling topic. Uh, that's from 8 to 9. Of course, call ID 139925. And then, of course, Revolution will return from 9 to 11 tomorrow night, 138055 pounds. As, of course, more wrestling news and views comes your way. Uh, <clears throat> thoughts and opinions on tonight's SmackDown event will, uh, will of course, definitely be offered. Uh, other general wrestling discussion, as well as, of course, more uh, wrestling news, uh, more wrestling extras, including like more wrestling trivia on this. Uh, uh, we will have some pretty interesting stuff here, to say the least. Uh, so, like I said, be sure to join us here this evening. I mean, tomorrow, I mean, tomorrow night for our Triple Threat Wednesday. Like I said, outside the ropes, uh, <clears throat> wrestling debate and revolution. Of course, the phone number for all the shows in the radio network is one seven two four 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 seventy four forty four. It says. Uh, Mr. WWS Chad Hinshaw, of course, for also uh, for the Iceman Jerry Geraldo and the Human Supply Machine John Gross. Revolution episode 268 is a broadcast of the WWS Radio Network right here on TalkShoe.com. Wherever one you're older and continuing to be bolder, the radio network continues to be and will forever remain your wrestling connection. <clears throat> Gentlemen, take care. See you in the ring. We'll talk to you tomorrow night. As always, here in the WWUS Radio Network, right here on TalkShoot.com. God bless. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.